morning, everyone. Junior church. Four, four years old through fourth grade. Yes. You guys are dismissed to walk up front. So uh, Christmas season, there's a lot of gifts going around and people are giving. I wanted you all to know that I am preparing a gift for you. In fact, you're getting it today. Okay? Short sermon. Maybe even next week as well, just to be nice to you all, okay? But it will not continue past Christmas, okay? Donnie, can we get a longer one to make up for the time we've lost afterwards? You can have a Reese's later. Okay. Last week, we started our Christmas series, Christmas at the Cross, and we looked at hope. Um, How from the nativity to the cross to the empty tomb, Jesus offers true hope for us. Um, Today we're going to look at a different aspect of the cross and how the cross and Christmas go together. For some people, Christmas is just one of the happiest times. I have some friends who have countdowns to Christmas starting in June. They are just so excited. There's a, a, a minister's wife we know at another place, and she is excited. She puts up her Christmas tree in the beginning of November because she loves Christmas time. Uh, there's one of my friends on Facebook. He's had a countdown every day for the last month and a half. This, this is your daily reminder, this many days till Christmas. For some people, Christmas is one of the happiest times. For others, Christmas is one of the saddest times of the year. It all depends on how you feel about your circumstances that you're in. And the circumstances of our life during this season can bring us great pain or great joy. The ingredients of life can lead to joy if we can look at them from God's viewpoint. So there's a family got together and um, they decided to invite Grandpa, an old farmer. He came over for breakfast of biscuits and gravy. And they bowed their heads and asked Grandpa to pray, and this is what he prayed. Lord, I do not like the taste of flour. It would choke me if I tried to eat it by itself. I can't try, I can't imagine trying to eat a chunk of lard by itself. Baking powder is the nastiest tasting stuff. If I ate a spoon of it, it would gag me. Salt would not satisfy my hunger at all, but if I mix all these things together, they make the best biscuits I've ever eaten. So I thank you for the flour, the lard, the baking powder, and the salt. But I thank you more, God, that you have brought them together to make this wonderful blessing of biscuits and gravy. And as I sit at this table, we are all going through different circumstances in our lives right now, but you have brought us together as a blended family. So help us. And I thank you for the circumstances that have brought us together at this table. Amen. Now, what did that grandpa really say in that prayer? Is he looked past the situation, the circumstances, and he chose to have a different perspective. He was choosing, even in the midst of this, to have joy. So many of us have different circumstances in our life right now that can make or break our Christmas spirit? The the question we need to ask today, what is joy? What is Christmas joy? 
There's a headline that read, The Sad Results of Too Much Happiness. This article, that was the heading, talked about those who won huge lotteries, but most went bankrupt within the first year. The popularity of the lottery and those who win, and, and what always happens when they show the video or the newspaper or the, the news report of it, these people are jumping for joy. They're excited. They won all this money, and then it's gone. But it doesn't have to be the thrill of winning a lottery. We tend to jump for joy when we win at anything. When, when we were younger, um, we'd play a game called Carom. Does anyone know Carom? It's a great game, okay? Or Monopoly or Risk. And there was one time my brother, we were playing Monopoly, my parents, my, my middle brother and I, and he got so mad because he had to come around that corner and that whole line I owned. And he landed on it and went bankrupt, and I jumped, and yeah, I win. I was so excited, and then mom put me in timeout, basically, for having a bad attitude. <laughs> when we win at something, we like to be excited. We, we love to win, and winning brings what we call joy. But it makes me think, do you suppose too often we tend to associate happiness with joy? We mix them up. We, we associate happiness and joy with money and material possessions and winning something as opposed to what it truly means in Scripture of genuine joy. Many people look forward to Christmas. Some look forward to the season being over. There are some people who cannot wait to put all this stuff behind them, pack it all up, and get back to life as normal. And some of you are shaking your heads right now. Some people hate that commercial aspect of Christmas, how it generates excitement and anticipation and gets on your nerves. I was sent a video yesterday. Now, I love the song Silent Night. And this is one of my favorite songs, but I have been sent a new version of it. It is Chewbacca singing Silent Night. It might be one of the greatest things in the world. And should be played more often than just during December. But some people, and I'm not going to say the person's name I'm married to, was like, uh, uh, not good. We all have these different expectations of what it means to give us excitement and this joy of Christmas. Have you ever thought about how many Christmas traditions we go through in December? Decorating trees. Bright lights, parties, family get-togethers, delicious food, new recipes to try, gift-giving and receiving, Christmas plays, worship services, concerts, caroling. Mix all of that in it, and I wish that we all, through this whole time, could experience joy. Now, we may have happiness. You may be sad. You might be looking forward to Christmas Day. You may be looking to get, just get through it. None of that has to do with joy. Joy is not a feeling. And, and that's a big problem for especially Americans. We wish each other a Merry Christmas because we want us to be happy, not sad. We say Happy New Year because we want you to be positive about the new things. It's about feelings. But joy, as expressed in the Bible, is not meant to be a feeling, but a choice. Joy is meant to be a gift from God. 
And it does not equal happiness. You can be unhappy due to circumstances and still experience the gift of joy. You may or may not get caught up in the commercialization of Christmas, but you still can experience the gift of joy. Joy is not based, it's not a feeling, and joy is not based on circumstances. So I looked it up. I wanted to make sure what I was really reading about in Scripture. Happiness is mentioned less than 80 80 times in the Bible about being happy or experiencing happiness. Joy is mentioned over 430 times. That's a huge difference. Joy is not some fleeting feeling. It's something substantial. Luke 2, verses 8 through 11. There were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, we looked at these scriptures last week when seeing how God gave us hope, hope through Jesus. But look what else that angel proclaimed in verse 10. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. When the angel says, do not be afraid, the word afraid comes from the word phobos which is where we get the word phobia. It has the command to do not flee in terror. That's really what the angel is saying. And he says the word there where I I bring you good news, it's actually megas. What does megas sound like? Mega. Mega, which means big, huge, okay? Monumental. The word for news really means rejoicing, So here's what the angel would really say. It's not going to be up there, but he says, Don't run away in terror. I bring you the biggest, greatest reason for rejoicing ever for everyone. Now hear that again. Do not run away in terror. I bring you the biggest, greatest reason for rejoicing for everyone ever. See, the joy that is spoken of here is a divine blessing. It's not based on feelings, because what were they feeling at that moment? Terror. It wasn't their circumstances. Who likes to work third shift watching sheep? But it was a divine blessing. The angel said this mega news will cause rejoicing, will give great joy. And Luke is telling us that this promise that was made to Abraham through his lineage, all the world would be blessed, that this promise is finally being fulfilled. Luke is telling us God's eternal love has been revealed in human history in the presence and the person of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Lord, the Messiah. It is God's gift to the world and its joy. What did the shepherds do once they heard this message? Verse 16, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. They hurried, they made haste, they ran. What was the first command of the angel? Don't run away in terror. And now they run, but they're not running in terror this time. They're running in anticipation of joy. 
And where did they find Jesus? Where did they find him? In a manger, right. Not in a warm cradle in some nice hotel, not in a relative's home surrounded by the love of family. They found him in a cow stall, in a feeding trough. And who was there to to proclaim and celebrate this wonderful news of the great Savior, the Messiah, the Lord being born? No one, except a bunch of smelly shepherds. No one special, just ordinary people. People like us. Earlier in Sunday school, we had a guy say, because I, I proclaimed that all of us are like sheep, and he goes, are you calling me dumb? And I'm like, yes, yes, and I'm a sheep with you. We're just normal, ordinary people of the world. But for us ordinary people, and correct me if I'm not wrong, happiness is having everything go right. That's what happiness does. When everything goes right, we seem to be happy. A sense of contentment, feeling good about our circumstances. Maybe with a few laughs thrown in for good measure, but joy, real joy, wonderful joy, is not dependent on circumstances. It's not based on feelings. It's not commercialized. Real joy is a gift of God's love. It's a divine blessing that is part of God's love. There's a lot of turmoil in our world today. How many of you have flown on an airplane before 9-11. Now, how many of you also did it after 9-11 and saw the difference? Which one's more fun? Who really likes to take their shoes off and walk in a public place? Carry, put your hand down. Put all your stuff through this, stand like this so they can check you out. Oh, what's this little bottle? That's shampoo. I don't know. You can't have it on the plane. It is so much fun now because of terror, right? Um, I think that we'd all agree that it's worth the long wait in security, though, to feel safe from some lunatic who wants to do harm. Looking at everything around us in the world, politics, governments, everywhere else, don't you get the feeling that insanity is the normal now? That it's just crazy out there. That we live in a world gone mad. There's a lot of uncertainty as to our own individual futures, especially when it comes to aging, declining health, adjustments we have to make due to the changing times and circumstances, finances. Many of us have a loved one who could be or will be in a nursing home soon. I've witnessed many times when making visits to nursing homes that the, the loneliness, the dread there, And despite all the turmoil and uncertainty in our world, in our lives, Christians still have this gift of joy. Even in the midst of that, there's a guy that I called Grandpa Charlie. Um, When I was junior high, um, our youth leader took us once a month to the nursing home during youth group, and we'd go play games or read stories to stuff, and I got assigned Charlie. I started calling him Grandpa Charlie. He was this weird, skinny, bald-headed guy. I'm only half that now. And he wouldn't stop talking about the war. What was really funny is he started dating a lady across the hallway. I never saw Charlie in a bad mood. Grandpa Charlie was just this 
sweet old man. And I'm like, what? And I just kept wanting to be around him more and more. And at Christmas time, here he is living in the nursing home, dating this sweet lady across the hall, and he gave me a gift. He didn't have any much money. He gave me his digital watch, which back then, that equivalent to a smartwatch, okay? And it had buttons and a light. <laughs> it was so cool. And he had such a joy about him. Even in the bleakest circumstances for him, he, he was dying of cancer. He had buried both of his kids already, and then his wife. He didn't have anybody visit him but this little weird scrawny dork. And he just kept showing me joy. Remember going to Grandpa Charlie's funeral. Right there on the front row was that sweet lady that was across the hallway. And all of us had nothing but joyful stories to tell of him. It wasn't him that had joy. It was God who gave him joy. And because of that divine gift, that gift of God's love, it just poured out from him. Not based on circumstances or feelings, but a truth that changed his life. How is the message to the shepherds and to us mega good? How does this message cause joy to come into our lives? Why was this good news of great joy? To answer those questions, I want to ask a few other questions. All of these are going to have really one answer. What has God's people needed for so many millennia before the birth of Jesus? What has mankind really needed since Adam and Eve? What has God's people longed for since God called Abraham the father of nations? Why was Moses sent down to Egypt to lead the people of God into the promised land? What had the message of the prophets been throughout the generations? The answer to those questions is all of humanity is in need of a deliverer, a savior, a messiah. Someone to deliver them from the curse of sin that has invaded the world. Christians believe, rightly so, because Scripture tells us that the, that the Bible, God's holy word, is where he reveals himself to mankind. And the Bible plainly tells us that Jesus Christ is and was God's final revelation of himself to the world of how we can come back into reconciliation with God. And so how is this message to the, uh, the shepherds mega good? It's because the deliverer, the one that God talked about in the beginning in Genesis 3, is finally here. The one who would save the people from their sins once and for all, from the cradle to the cross, Jesus came to take the punishment of our sin. We can have mega joy because the Savior has been born. We can have mega joy because God's promise of a deliverer has been fulfilled. We can have mega joy because the Lord himself has come to dwell among us. Into this broken world he came. Born in a stable, laid in a feeding trough. The gift of joy, the word of life for all. Jesus came. And why did he come? He came for you. He came personally for me. 
He came to take our, our curse, our punishment of our sins that we choose to do, and he gives us himself, which is the divine blessing of God's love, joy. That joy started in the manger, but became evident on the cross. It'd be sweet, uh, it'd be sweet to see little baby Jesus. It really would. But I don't get joy from baby in a manger. We get joy from Jesus willingly go to the cross for me and you. Jesus willingly went to the cross to take the punishment you and I deserve. Hebrews 12.2 says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. This was not a happy situation. Do not ever think that Jesus was looking forward to the cross. He didn't like the idea. But because of the joy... Oh, go back one one slide real quick. Look at that. But because of the joy awaiting him, what is the joy? Because of the joy, he was willing to endure the cross. Because of the joy that was awaiting him, he was willing to take the punishment of our sins. He looked past the cross and he looked at that joy. He saw the cross as a pathway of that joy. Joy for those who believe in him and accept that personal, that joy awaiting him was you and I living in eternity in heaven with him. He looked at that, not circumstances or feeling, but the fact that he can take us to heaven. There is a great gift that comes through Christ. You're all going to get some, hopefully some good gifts this Christmas. You may have a great time visiting family. You also may have a great time when they leave. You also may feel alone this Christmas. You may not get any gifts from friends or family, but that does not mean you cannot have Christmas joy. Christmas joy is not dependent on all those things, whether you have a tree or not. God has given each of us a gift, his divine joy. Not based on circumstances of feeling, but founded on truth that Jesus came. I promised you a short sermon. That's why he's already up here. But here's the message of this. That joy is something you can actually live with. When my grandma Blake passed away, we had a joyful funeral. We had a joyful time because of where she is. When my grandpa, or Grandma Blake, did I just say Grandma Blake? Grandma Blake and Grandma Goff died. Both of them, we had joyful funerals. We were sad. It wasn't a fun time. But there was joy because we know where they are. Are you ready to have joy? Joy so exuberant, so powerful that it changes your life. Some people roll their eyes at that. They're like, whatever, just a typical Christmas sermon. And others, you're just waiting to taste that divine blessing, that divine gift of God's love. The difference is where you look. Are you looking here? 
Are you looking here? Are you looking up at Jesus? Because up there on that cross is where he showed you the true extent of his love, which gives us joy. We're going to come down to sing again. And if you have not partaken of his joy, if you've never let that forgiveness that he has poured out on the cross, will you change that today? Why not give Jesus, why not give God the best gift he's ever wanted, which is you living with him for eternity? Why not do that? If you need to make that decision, won't you come and talk to us after service? Let's stand and let's pray. God, we thank you. God, I thank you for joy. I thank you for something that is beyond feeling, that it is a true fact. That even in the midst of pain, of sickness, and even of death, you can give us that divine blessing of your love, which causes great joy. God, help us. Help us to be like that Grandpa Charlie, people of joy because of you. Help us to shine that light of who your son truly is to us. And as we sing the song, God, make it build within our lives and our hearts. Make it fill our thoughts of everything that you are to us. And because of you, we can pray. And in your name, amen.